Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Tonight, we're going to continue in our series, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Tonight, we're going to talk about God with us in the storm. And we want to welcome those online as well. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Amen. Give them a round of applause. I know we got some faithful viewers online, and uh, it's good to have you guys here too. So uh, thank you for joining us this evening. If you can stand your feet as we read the word, as we get into the word this morning. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this time, Lord, of gathering, God, of equipping, Lord, of encouraging, God. We ask that you would be in the midst of everything we do tonight, God, that you would be honored and that you would be lifted up. God, I pray for everyone in this room tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So the promise that was spoken over Mary had now come to pass, right? The the words spoken over her that she will be a mother and have a son have now come to pass. Jesus was born, right? Can you imagine the feeling that she must have had at that moment? Can you imagine what she must have been going through, right? Maybe she had concerns. Maybe she had doubts. Maybe she had uh, fears, She's pregnant for nine months. She gives birth. She's birth to uh, Jesus, and the promise has been fulfilled. He's right there in front of her. But not only that, not only that, we see that uh, three wise men and the shepherds are there praising, praising God for what he did through her. Amen. The feeling that she must have had, the excitement, the joy in her heart to see the promise come about in her life, in her life, it must have been exciting. Wouldn't you agree? Right. You get a promise. You get a word spoken over you. You're going to be financially free. You're going to be out of debt. You're going to be free from that addiction. You're going to get that promotion. Your family is going to be restored. Your kids are going to be back in your life. Right. Somebody speaks a word over you here at the altar. God speaks that word over you. And then you see it come to pass. It's It's a good feeling. It's an exciting feeling. Right. You're praising God just as they were praising God in that moment. Right. It's exciting. But then comes verse number three, and we read, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. The very next verse, the very next verse after being worshipped, after being, you know, having that amazing feeling of God's promises coming about in her life, uh, the very next verse, somebody was troubled at the news. Amen? Amen. See, the fulfilling of God's promises in your life will cause others to be troubled at the news, right? Not everybody is going to be excited for what God is doing in your life. Not everybody is going to celebrate what God is doing in your life. And that's okay, right? It's all right. The sooner I think we realize that, the sooner we stop living for the approval of man and the approval of God, amen? Don't get discouraged that everybody's not excited that you got that promotion. Don't get discouraged that everybody's not excited that you got set free from an addiction, 
right? Don't be discouraged that everybody's not excited or celebrating the fact that God's moving in your life. It's all right, right? That happened to Mary. We read it right here in the word. Don't let that discourage you. Don't let that make you give up. Amen. Matthew 2, uh, verse 13 says, after the wise men had gone. So after they left, after they were uh, worshiping and giving gifts, I'm sure after the wise men left, I'm sure the shepherds left as well, right? After the wise men had gone. I read that and, and God quickened me like, I seen a picture of, you know, after you, you come to the altar, you give your life to God, right? Everybody's clapping. After you get some sober time, everybody's clapping for what God did in your life. After you got that promotion, everybody's excited and clapping. But there comes a time when everybody's going to leave, right? There comes a time where nobody's going to be around you anymore celebrating what God's doing in your life. And it's almost like in those alone times that we go through storms, Right? We start to go through things, right? The crowd is gone. Nobody's around. After the wise men had gone, what about after the celebration in your life? When nobody's around no more and you start to go through things in life, you start to go through a storm or trial, right? Or circumstances arise, right? After the wise men were gone, you start to go through a storm, in life. You start to uh, uh, go through trials in life. And then we take inventory of who's not around, right? We, we take inventory of who's not there. You start to see uh, on social media, you see messages like, oh, now I know who my real friends are, <laughs> right? You, now I know who my real friends are. Now I know who my family is. You start taking inventory of who's not there. You're more concerned with who's not there and you miss out on the fact that God is there with you. We're too concerned with who's not around. And when we go through things in life, you get mad at family members. You get mad at friends. You get mad at people in the church. You get mad at pastors because you feel like nobody's there for you. But God is there for you. God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. I think too many times we're too concerned, and I think it's a distraction from the enemy to get you focused on who's not around during your difficult seasons, to get you focused on who's not around during your storms. God's always there. He's never left you, never forsake you. He's always there, never gives up on you. Even when you don't recognize it, God's always there. Amen. Give God a clap offering tonight. It's in your alone time with God that you learn to trust and depend on him. Amen. But we can't get to that because we're too concerned with who's not around. We're too concerned with feeling like we've been abandoned, feeling like nobody cares. The enemy, that's a trick from the enemy. Because as soon as he can isolate you, then he can do his work in you. Isolation is key. He wants to get you isolated so he can do, have his way in your life. He wants to point out the fact that so-and-so wasn't there, that the church wasn't there for you, right? That your family members weren't there for you. He wants you to know that. But in reality, we have to understand God is there for us, amen? 
Scripture goes on to say, an angel from the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, hurry, and take the child and his mother to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod, oh, we're not going to go that far. Let me, let me elaborate on that real quick. Get up, hurry. It's when God tells you to get up and to hurry, you better obey, right? There's no time for a delayed obedience, because it can be a matter of life or death. There's nothing that drives me more crazy when I give my kids instruction and they want understanding. Just do it. I, I'll, I'll explain later if I want to, but just do it, right? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Sometimes we want understanding while we're in the storm, but God's saying, just trust me. Can you imagine if Joseph didn't trust God or if he didn't listen to God? The next verse says that he got up that very night and they left to Egypt. And that brother's strong because I would have said, all right, in the morning, babe, we're leaving to Egypt. <laughs> we're going back to sleep. I need some rest because I need some strength. <laughs> but he obeyed. He obeyed. God's not calling us to a life of understanding. He's calling us to a life of obedience. Sometimes we're not going to understand the why, but we just have to obey. Amen. The scripture goes on to say, but God gives them a why. And maybe that's why he jumped up that night. He said, because Herod is looking for the child and wants to kill him. He wants to kill him. Imagine Mary again. God, you gave me this promise. This, that can't be right. This is something you said was going to come about in my life. What do you mean somebody wants to kill him? He'd just been born. It's like getting saved and thinking you're not going to have problems in life anymore. It's like giving your life to God and thinking everything's going to be smooth in life. Right? I've heard it said a lot of times from my old lifestyle. Oh, serving God is the easy way out. I disagree. It ain't, there ain't nothing easy about it. Nothing easy about it. Herod wanted to kill him. That was the work of the enemy. And he's still doing the same today. The enemy will always try to kill what God wants to do in you and through you. He will always try to kill what God wants to do in you and through you. He knows the potential in you. He sees what God wants to do in you and through you. Right? That's where we get the enemy's not after you. He's after what's inside of you. Because if what's inside of you is released, it has the potential to release other people as well. That is a good place to clap. The storms that we face in life from the enemy's perspective. From his perspective, they're meant to break you. They're meant to discourage you. They're meant to try to get you off track. And ultimately, they're meant to kill you. The enemy wants to kill what's inside of you. But from God's perspective, if we have the understanding of Emmanuel, God with us, from his perspective, it will have the opposite effect. And we're going to see that as we uh, go a little bit further, but it won't just have the opposite effect on you. It'll have the opposite effect on people around you, right? Your storms have the ability to to uh, bless not only you, but the, the people around you. 
Amen? We see this in the book of Daniel. Not only in the lion's den, but in the three Hebrew men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. During the time, there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar who made a gold statue and had uh, everybody bow down and worship it. But these three men refused to bow down and worship this gold image. They were men of God. The Bible says that he had strong men because they refused to do what he said. He, he was furious. He had strong men in his army tie them up and throw them into a furnace. But not only that, he turns the furnace up seven times hotter than usual, that it was so hot as these men threw those three men in, they burned up and died. That's how hot it was. And that's a message in itself. What the enemy means for bad in your life, he'll turn it around for good. The ones that are trying to come at you, the ones that are accusing you falsely, the ones that are saying things about you, talking about you, saying you'll never make it, I'm, they need to watch out. Right? They need to watch. I'm just saying. <laughs> watch out. It said the flame killed the men who threw them in. In Daniel 3, 24, verse, verses 24 through 25 says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar, as the three Hebrew men were in there, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and, and thrown into the fire? And they replied, Certainly, your majesty. And he said, I see a fourth I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Emmanuel, God with you. Right? Emmanuel, God with you. You might feel like you're alone when you're going through things in life. You might feel like you've been abandoned. You might feel like nobody cares. You might feel like the church isn't there for you. Your pastor might not be there for you. But God is there for you. He is with you even when you don't recognize him. One of my greatest revelations since I've been serving God was during a time of sozo. And I was told to close my eyes and go back to a memory when I was young. And I remember me and my brother, we were like five or six years old. We used to go to Willow Street Park and there was this big green grass hill and we would just roll down the hill, like kind of like tumble down the hill. You know, that's what we had back then. No video games. <laughs> That was our fun. And, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm remembering this and we had no cares in the world. Our family members, you know, they were up doing their thing and it wasn't good things, but they were doing their thing. Right. God, I forgive them. I love my family. But they asked me to ask Jesus, where was he at? And when I asked that immediately, I seen Jesus sitting right there on the hill looking at me and my brother with a big smile on his face. And immediately I got the sense that, God, you've always been there. You've always been there. Even when I, I didn't know you, none of my family was serving you. I didn't know you. I didn't know anything about you, but you've always been there. He was always there. And that might scare some people that he's always there because we've done some things that we don't want him to be around, but he's there. He's there. 
That was a, a deep revelation for me. I, I started to think everything I've been through in life from the day that I was born, everything that we went through in life, God was there. And I said, man, God, that's why I'm here today. Because you were always there. Amen. God wants you to know this evening that you are never alone. You were never, you've never been alone. You will never be alone. God is not just with you, he's in you. You were created to house the presence of God in you. You take him wherever you go. God is with you this evening. You're not alone. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? Amen. Daniel 3, 26 through 27. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Servants of the Most High God. This is King Nebuchadnezzar who was just furious. He was ticked. He was furious and threw them into a furnace to kill them. Now he's recognizing who they serve. How we go through the storm matters. Come on. How we go through our storms in life matters. Are you going through your storm complaining, murmuring? How I go through things in life matters, not only to the people around me, but to my children. I got my daughter looking at me over there in the back row. I just seen her. (laughs) She's like, wait a minute, Dad. (laughs) Let's talk about how you go through things at home. Hey, how we go through things matters to other people. It has the ability, how you go through something in life has the ability to make a non-believer call on your God. Amen. He said, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Is how you go through the storm encouraging people or is it discouraging people from a relationship with God? We have one thing in common with non-believers. Well, there's many things, but we have one thing in common. We all have problems. So how you go through problems as a believer can either turn someone on to God or discourage them from wanting to have a relationship with God. Are you praising God through your storm? Is people praising your God because of how you praise him through a storm? Come on, how we go through things matters. It's not just about going through storms in life, but how are you going through it? I want to go through a storm to where it makes other people call out on the name of God, right? They want, I want them to recognize who I serve. Yeah, I'm going through this today, but I'm not going to sit here complain about it. I'm not going to sit here and have a pity party about it. I'm going to go through this and I'm going to trust God. You can't, you cannot go you cannot know God as a provider. You cannot know God as a, um, as a restorer. You cannot know God as a savior. You must go through some things in life to experience God's attributes. A lot of times we want to know him as something, as a, a provider, but we don't want to go through anything. You want to know him as a healer, but you don't. You have to go through some things in order to experience God in those realms. Amen. What was meant to destroy them didn't. 
What's meant to destroy you, whatever you might be up against tonight, what's meant to destroy you will not destroy you. Amen. Uh, Daniel 3.28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I always get tongue twisted on that last name. <laughs> Abednego. Who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. This is the king saying this. They defied his commands and he's praising it. He's praising them. He witnessed God in their storm. And that's what I'm saying. Your storm is not just for you, but the people around you. And how we go through it can turn people on to God or can turn them off to God. Amen. I love that. He said, praise be to the God. He was just so mad. And now he's praising God. And I didn't put the other scripture in there where he has, he has other people praising God too. He said, if anybody talks about their God, I'm going to throw them in the fire. <laughs> He's seen the power of God through somebody's storm. And it doesn't even say in the word if, if these guys even knew that Jesus was in there with them. Right? A lot of times we feel alone in life. A lot of times we feel, God, are you there? Are you even there? Do you care? He's there. We have to learn to depend on him, learn to trust him in these storms. Amen. I remember uh, not too many people know this, but I was already here at CWC. I was already serving. Me and my family were coming faithfully. I was on the prayer team uh, and I found me and my kids. We found ourselves in in a homeless shelter. And not too many people know that, but because I don't share that, you know, often with people, but I remember being there and, and having all these thoughts coming against me. And I was just like, what am I doing here? God, how is this part of your plan for my life? You know, I've been faithful. I've been going to church. I'm serving. How is this part of your plan for my life? I called pastor Dan up when I was there and, uh, he, he encouraged me and said, it's like being at a gas station. He said, everybody's there for the same reason, getting fuel. But when they leave, they're headed in different directions. He said, you're going in a different direction than everybody else. And, while I was in there and that, that gave me hope. And while I was in there for the first few days, it, it was a program that helped people, you know, transition into housing and stuff like that. And uh, while I was in there, I was asking everybody that I seen, is this program helping you? What is this program doing for you? Everybody. I would ask everybody in the elevator in the stairs in front. I was asking everybody and I got bad news from every single person. I was then that, that's probably why I was overwhelmed. I said, what am I doing here, Lord? I was discouraged and God quickened me and he said, are you putting your hope in them? Or are you going to put your hope in me? And as soon as I surrendered it, I said, God, I trust you. Amen. I said, God, I trust you. God, if you're going to work through this program, then I know you're going to open the door. I need to stop being discouraged. And I stopped being discouraged and I started inviting people to church. Right. I said, I'm not asking them nothing no more. I'm just going to start inviting people to church and not not to try to get rewarded because I said, if I'm here, I might as well be a blessing to others. And when Pastor Dan said, you're headed in a different direction, I said, you know what? You're right. I am headed in a different direction. At first, I felt like, who am I to say anything to them? I'm in the same position as they are. Mm -mm. 
God was doing something in me. And I wasn't even there. It was a three-month program. I wasn't even there two months. And they blessed me with the house with me, for me and my kids. God blessed me with the house. I'm not in that house no more because we got a, a different house. God, God blessed us with something else. And God is amazing. If you learn to trust on him, in him, you learn to depend on him. Don't ask anybody else. Too many times we're looking for a man to bless us or man to make a way for us when God is the one that wants to make the way for us. And we get discouraged when nobody's helping us. We need to trust God. We need to depend on God. Amen. Daniel 3.30 says, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. He promoted them. How you go through your storm matters. How you go through the storm can not only bless you, but the people around you. God will use what was meant to destroy you to promote you. That addiction that tried to take you out, God will use that to promote you, right? Your children that were taken away, God will use that to promote you. Now you're encouraging other people who got, who needs their children in their lives. God will use whatever the enemy meant for bad. He will use it to promote you. Trust God. Trust God. Learn to depend on God. How we go through the storm matters. God is with you. God wants to encourage you tonight. Whatever you might be going through this evening, God wants you to know that he's with you. It ain't over. It ain't over. Sometimes we're in, in storms that we caused ourselves. God wants you to know it's not over. Even in the storms that you caused yourself. It's not over. God will make a way out. Trust in him. Look to him for your promotion. Look to him for your breakthrough. Stop going to other people, asking them if they can help you out. God will put people in your life that will help you. That's how he works. But when we're running to man for the breakthrough, when we're running to man for uh, our promotion, that's not how God wants us to work because then God doesn't get the glory in that. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I've seen it happen time and time again in my life from a uh, uh, restoration, from freedom, from addiction, from uh, finances getting restored. My kids being in my life, just so many things promoted. I got promoted a position that everybody says you won't be able to get. It never happens. Oh, yeah. Watch it happen. God made a way. God made a way. Just so many testimonies. And in every storm that I've been in, I've learned to depend on God. I know God has a way. I know God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm living proof of that. Nobody can take that from me. When you go through a storm and you see God move in your life, nobody can take that from you. Somebody says, why do you believe in God? What has he done for you? Nobody could take those times from you, those moments from you. Learn to trust God. Learn to depend on God. God wants to move in your life. Amen. tonight if if you would close your eyes and bow your heads thank you for downloading this message for more information on our church visit us at cwcbayarea.com you can also follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea